add to the stream. There we go. Hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on Blog. No, we're not on Blog Talk anymore. We're on StreamYard. Yeah, StreamYard uh, representing my Syracuse Orange right here. And we have our NBA draft preview show. Hopefully, Seth will be able to join from the car. And if not, then I have an hour long of talking to go. And uh, I can do that. I mean, we've done it before. Uh, I've paid attention to the show in the past. Some of the things that have been going on outside of the NBA draft, and they should be noted, right? I mean, we shouldn't just be talking NBA draft today. There, There is a lot of sports that have been going on. And if you'd like to uh, enter, you're, you're welcome to do such uh, at in the StreamYard app. And I have to figure out actually how to do that. Um, I should probably just go like this and then go like this. I had to figure out how to do this. But anyway, uh, we will get that done. And hopefully we'll have some of you guys join us on the show momentarily or even Oh, there we go. So we're back on. Um, it's important to note. Oh, well, thanks, Mark. Mark says that uh, we should only be discussing the Celtics, the team that matters. Well, Mark, if you'd like to call in and I'll be happy to share the screen with you and, and talk to you about your beloved Celtics, I'm happy to do that here on the show. It's just, you know, the Celtics aren't the only thing that's going on. And in fact, your guy, Theo, yeah, that Theo left the Cubs today. So that's kind of important, too, for those people that follow sports in general, is that Theo Epstein left the Cubs. And supposedly this was in the mix for quite a, a, a number of days and a couple of months. But the fact is, he's left the Cubs. And it leads you to believe, hold on, let me post this on Facebook. We are on the air. Um, join the studio. So um, it's been rumored for a while that he's been looking to go elsewhere. And now that there are two really high-profile jobs open, the Phillies and the Mets, my Mets, uh, will Theo wind up going there? Will he wind up going to New York? Will he wind up going to Philadelphia? Two other teams. The Mets, surprisingly, have a good amount of young talent. The, the Phillies, not so much. But does he want to take Steve Cohen's money? Will Steve Cohen even offer him that job with Sandy Alderson? Well, Steve Cohen and Steve Cohen's money to rebuild the Knicks, uh, rebuild the Mets. Well, it's funny. I want the Knicks rebuilt too. So I guess it's everybody and, and the Jets while we're at it. The Islanders don't really need a rebuild, but the rest of those teams in New York do. So will he take the money from Steve Cohen? And it will be a lot. It will take a lot for Theo to go there, but will they take, will he take the money and work towards rebuilding the Mets, putting together a pitching staff, um, on Twitter, it looks like Trevor Bauer posted a 16-minute uh, soliloquy and tribute to Steve Cohen and said, hey, here I am. Come and get me. And you know what? That's great. 
because if I'm a Mets fan and Trevor Bauer wants to come to the Mets, now at the end of the day, Trevor Bauer is going to go wherever the money is. It's not necessarily he's coming to the Mets or coming to the Yankees or coming to the to the Reds or the Orioles or any other team. He's show me the money. And we're going to see that coming up in a couple of days. I think we're going to have an influx of free agent signings. Drew Smiley signed yesterday for $11 million. Yeah, that Drew Smiley, the guy that went that pitched like 42 innings last year. And it's interesting that, yes, last year, this past summer, which I called a farce, 60 innings is definitely a farce. You have the belief, some people have the belief, that it was too small a sample size. So they shrug stuff off, right? And they say, you know what? Eh, you only pitched 42 innings. So that 6 ERA, that was an anomaly. But then we look at Trevor Bauer, who had probably the bet, one of the two best years of his career, and say, oh, he won the Cy Young, so we should sign him to $30 million. Well, you really can't have it both ways. It's either an anomaly or it's not an anomaly. It's one or the other. You can't have it both ways. So you're either saying that it is too little or you're saying it's just enough. And for the Mets, that's going to be a big telltale sign as to whether they are going to put a lot of stock on last year's stats or are they just going to look at the enhanced statistics such as spin rate or whatnot. And this, this goes for every team. This is not just the Mets. Um, how much stock do you put in a 60-game farce? And I called it a farce last year. I'll call it a farce every year. Um, last year was a money grab. Last year, surprisingly, didn't go off without a hitch, but finished, which I didn't think was going to happen. Anybody that has listened to the show knows that I definitely did not think all that was going to happen. But here we are. And uh, hopefully Seth will be able to join us. I'm going to I'm gonna shoot him a message and hope that he can join. Um, I know that he is traveling today, so I guess we'll see if he can join us. Um, so he's in transit right now. Uh, and we'll get to the NBA draft probably in about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, NFL, it was another week. I don't know about you. I don't see it the same way without fans. It And, and please come on the show, argue with me, agree with me, do whatever you want with regards to the show. But football is not the same. Sports are not the same without the fans. They're just not. You don't get the same – how do I say this? You don't get the same oomph when you're watching on TV. I I mean, I went to Sayasa High School. We had probably maybe 100 people in the stands on our side. There were probably maybe on a good day, 100 fans on the other side. So 200 people. Uh, we had a dance team, we had cheerleaders, and shout out to the Sayos and to the Braves. But when it comes right down to it, we did not have a lot of fans. And watching teams, watching the the Steelers play the other day, watching last night the Bears and the Lions play, 
looked like a high school game. It, there's no, you can hear all the calls. You can steal all the calls. You can, you can hear the hits, which quite frankly, I'm not sure I want to do. It, it's, it's interesting to see the change in how we deal with hits and how we deal with injuries way back even 20 years ago when ESPN had their had their little sequence um, about the greatest hits that had uh, Jack that you've been jacked up. And today you're impressed by those hits. You are, but you're also a little scared of those hits. And when you can hear them, when you can hear them on TV and you can hear every single hit on TV, it doesn't make it better. To me, it makes it scary. Seth has said numerous times that he believes that some that the, that safety will take priority, real priority, when somebody passes away on the field. And the bigger these guys are getting, and the faster these guys are getting. And remember, the field has stayed the same: hundred yards plus ten in the end zones, seven, sixty yards side to side. But the guys have gotten so much bigger. It's kind of like hockey where scoring is down and the goalies have just gotten bigger and the pads have gotten bigger, but the net stays the same. It's the same type of deal here. And you can't go through that type of thing without seeing more injuries. And there have been less penalties in the NFL this year. Um, They talked about that on the telecast on Sunday night this week. And they said, why have there been less penalties? Well, the refs have been given direction to only call the obvious penalties. Don't, uh, there was no dispute that there's been less holding. There's holding on everything. There's probably been less, no less pass interference. There's probably pass interference on every play. It's probably defensive holding on every play, offensive holding on every play. It's probably a penalty on every play. It's just that they have been called less because the refs have been given more direction. And getting back to making the game more enjoyable, more flow. And there has definitely been more flow in the NFL this week, this year. I'm a Jets fan. I'm 0-9. I'm not real happy. Uh, tank, for, tank for Trevor was not really my call this year. I was like, I thought we'd go 4-12, and 6-10. and 10. I would like to point out that I did pick that the – the Dolphins would win, win the division. So I'm doing pretty well on that one. Uh, my predictions are pretty good so far. Uh, but I guarantee you, uh, my mock draft preview, my picks won't be that great. Uh, nobody's will. In fact, somebody on Louisville's ESPN last week said, no, it was John Hollinger on The Athletic, said, so um, you're not going to be able to really predict the draft while the draft is happening, it's that much of a crapshoot this year. I mean, I'll go through my selections. Um, maybe Seth will be able to join us, and he'll go through his. Uh, but right now, this is where we are. And um, tomorrow night, it will be an interesting, an interesting draft. There were a lot of trades that went down in the last couple of days. So let's roll through those real quick before we get to the NFL, the NBA draft. The first one is if you haven't heard, 
heard, rockets are blown up. The Rockets players want to implode. That's a better scenario. So Russell Westbrook has said he wants out. James Harden has said he wants out. And the Rockets really have, remember, these two contracts are huge. And when I say huge, I mean like the top five. You got two guys making almost $40 million. So I think Harden actually makes more. So to make those trades work, you're going to need a lot of pieces. And those pieces do not include Gordon Hayward, Mark Rubin. Um, but they are pieces. And you're going to need certain teams that can take on those pieces. So, so the first trade that we'll talk about is Robert Covington to the Blazers. So Robert Covington, a 6'7", um, power forward slash center, played small ball for Houston, uh, traded to Portland for Trevor Ariza and the 16th overall pick. Now, the 16th overall pick I have mocked to um, to now Houston, Preston Achua, who is a similar but a much bigger guy and will definitely be more under the boards. Now, remember, Robert Covington in that small ball offense of Houston was acquired from the 76ers last year for that type of thing. So it's a matter of how you get this done. And I'm not really sure that Portland, Portland really didn't have anybody else at this point to trade except Trevor Ariza. And they were, they were easily able to make this trade because Ariza is one of those guys that has a $14 million salary and plays small forward, but not really the power forward type. And if you look at Portland right now, Portland, this is a great trade. So they are over the cap with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, excuse me. They have a sidekick in CJ McCollum. They played very well in the bubble, in the bubble, getting into the bubble. They have Joseph Nurchik. They have some good players. And they really just needed defense, a lot of defense. And Robert Covington is a great defender. He's not a guy that's going to be able to go one-on-one with anybody. He's not. He's more of a team defender. Gary Trent Jr. is that guy that's going to go one-on-one. And you hope that he's able to do that because this team is going to be very exciting. Now, the key to all these trades in the West is that there are 15 teams in the, in the West And it looks like 14 of them are going for the eight spots. So the West is packed. Everybody's going for it in the West, except maybe the Pelicans. And we'll get to the Pelicans in a second. And maybe the Thunder, too. The Thunder making their trade. And they traded Chris Paul. And I think I predicted this a couple of weeks ago, that Chris Paul would look fantastic next next to Devin Booker. And that's exactly what happened. Chris Paul got traded to the Suns, that $40 million contract, the untradeable contract. Again, Sam Presti, amazing, dude. You're absolutely amazing. So Sam Presti takes Russell Westbrook, and he trades Russell Westbrook to Houston for Chris Paul. Okay. But he also gets back two first-round picks. So now he's up two first-round picks. Excuse me. Up two first-round picks. And he has Chris Paul. 
Then he turns around this year and trades Chris Paul to an out Abdel Nader to the Suns for Kelly Obrey, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Leclou, and another first round pick. So he trades Westbrook for three first round picks, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, last year's first round pick from the Suns, Ty Jerome, who went 24th, and Jalen Leclou. So, wow, Sam Presti. Just wow. You have 16 picks, 16 first round picks in the next five years. I, all hail, Sam Presti. All hail, Sam Presti. Like, that is incredible management of assets. When you talk asset management, he's the king. Now, he might actually be able to get more because he may be able to turn around and trade Kelly Oubre for another first-round pick or Ricky Rubio for another first-round pick as the season goes on. He may be able to do all that. I'm not sure he will, but he definitely should be able to get something from them. Around the trade line. So those trades, the one thing that you can take out of this, the one thing you really can take out of this is that there are no untradeable contracts in the NBA. I thought Paul was an untradeable contract. I think Harden's an untradeable contract. And I think Westbrook's an untradeable contract. You know what? Probably all three will be traded. The Thunder also picked up another first-round pick when they traded with the Lakers for Dennis Schroeder. So Dennis Schroeder goes to the Lakers, and they get the 28th pick in the draft. Um, so an update at the, uh, Tommy Beer one day ago said on Twitter, an update, updated look at Oklahoma City Thunder's first round picks and first round picks in 2020. And we'll get to the, uh, draft preview probably in about 10 minutes. They have their own first round pick. Oh no, they have, I'm sorry. They have, they have the Nuggets first round pick and the Lakers first round pick. In 2021, they have their own first-round pick. They own the Heat's first-round pick. They own, and then 20, they own the first, they own Houston's first-round pick, and they own, no, they own the Heat's first-round pick and a Houston swap of their own and Houston. In 2022, they own their own. They own the Clippers first. They own the Suns first. 2023, they own their own. The Clippers swap, the Heat's first. 2024, they own their own. The Clippers first, Houston's first. And then in 2026, they own their own, the Clippers first, and Houston's first. This is insane. You're talking six years from now. You're talking guys and, uh, sorry, you're talking people, students, that are in sixth grade are going to graduate high school. And that's when these picks are being traded. Six years from now, all hail Sam Preston. All hail. Now, if you want to go the other way, or you're trying to compare somebody to Sam Presti, let's go look over in New Orleans. So New Orleans came to this offseason. They have Brandon Ingram as a restricted free agent. They're building around Zion Williamson. And they have a boatload of picks from last year, right? Because they had the Anthony Davis trade. 
and they picked up Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, a couple other people, and then they had a couple of first-round picks. So what they, what they had to do this year was look at it and say, what are we going to do with Drew Holiday? So Drew Holiday is a great player. He's not a first-team All-Star. He's probably a second or a third on a good team. Uh, he's a great defensive player. Damian Lillard calls him the best defender he play, he's played against. Um, definitely one of the top players on the trade market. And he has a $30 million salary. And just like everyone else in the NBA, you're traded based on your salary and based on your production. So Drew Holiday was looking for – he has this year at 30 then he has a player option next year. So basically you're you're dealing for one year hoping for two, or you're dealing for one year hoping for an extension. So the market has been pretty good for Drew Holiday. But Dave Dave Griffin crushed the market. Um I keep asking myself why the Knicks couldn't get Dave Griffin. I still wonder why the Knicks couldn't get Dave Griffin. So this morning it comes down to Drew Holiday was traded to the Bucs. Okay, the Bucs could use a guy. They got uh, Chris Middleton on the wing. They got Giannis. I can, Giannis, we'll just refer to him as Giannis, right? We refer to LeBron as LeBron. So let's go with Giannis being Giannis. And you have Chris Middleton. You have Eric Bledsoe, who plays well in the regular season, but not so much. It kind of, kind of, nobody wants to be called a choke artist, but he just doesn't play well in the playoffs. So, and then you have George Hill, who's a nice player, a $10 million player, whose, bet, whose claim to fame may very well be for the course of his NBA career that he was traded on draft night for Kawhi Leonard. So you have Bledsoe making about 16. You have George Hill making 10 to 12. And all of a sudden, you're smiling. Because in the NBA, all you got to do is get get within 120% of equal salaries. So Dave Griffin says, oh, well, I can take back those two contracts, those two for, for a couple of years. Bledsoe's got, I think, three years, including this one. Hill's got two. But I want more. Because those two guys don't equal Drew Holiday. They just don't. So I want more. And I want a lot more. And I'm going to hold Hold out for a lot more. Uh, he got a lot more. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you. He got a lot more. So at the end of the day, Drew Holiday was traded this morning from the New Orleans Pelicans to the Milwaukee's Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks. In exchange for Holiday, the Pelicans received veteran guards Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, Three first-round picks and the rights to two additional swaps. Those swaps, if you recall, were the bane of Billy King's existence in Brooklyn and New Jersey. Because the last time swaps came back to hurt people, really hurt people, was the Nets when they acquired Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and a bunch of first-round picks and a bunch of swaps. And it just went nowhere. And the Nets were in purgatory they were in hell for a long time because of that. And this trade, along with one other, because the Bucs couldn't just go get Drew Holiday, they had to make 
probably the best starting five in basketball right now. Yes, I know Mark Rubin. The Celtics have a good one. But you don't have Giannis. Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to be joining the Bucs from the Kings. For 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 sorry about that. For Devar Divincenzo, the unguaranteed contract of Aaron Iran Yasova and DJ Wilson. So great trade for the Bucs. The thing about the Bucs is right now, they have a starting five of Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Bogdanovich, Drew Holiday, and Giannis. Yay! Best starting five in basketball. It really is. It's the best starting. I mean, when you start with the MVP, it's really hard not to have one of the top five. But they they killed it. And now where did they go? Where did they go? They don't have a first-round pick tonight. I believe they have a first-round pick tonight. Hold on. Go through my lovely little... Nope, they traded their first-round pick tonight. So they don't have that. Uh, they don't have a future because they traded three first-round picks and two swaps for duality. Their issue is depth. So the question is, at this point, are they going to be able to sign guys for the mid-level exemption, which is $9.6 million? Are they going to be able to get guys on minimum contracts much the same way as the Heat and the Lakers did? But the difference is, this is Milwaukee. This is not South Beach. This is not L.A. This is Milwaukee. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to Milwaukee. I've been to Milwaukee. I mean, look at this. This is as close to Milwaukee as you're going to get when you're not in Wisconsin. Milwaukee's not a fun town. I mean, it's okay. It's got Milwaukee's best. It's a beer town. It's got the Packers neighborhood. It's not a fun town. It's not South Beach. It's not L.A. It's not New York. And you're going to get guys to sign there for the minimum to try, or that's your hope, in order to get a championship. Yeah. Um, Last year, they were able to do that. They were able to get Wes Matthews on a small contract. They are, were able to use their biennial exemptions, all their exemptions they were able to use, and they rocked the world to a leading, a league-leading regular season and then completely flamed out in the playoffs. And that may happen if you don't have a bench. And, Mark, to your point, I'm, I'm reading the comments here, buddy. That could be the downfall. But they do have the best starting five in basketball. They are looking at something along the lines of what the Heat did with Bosch and Wade and Udanis Haslam and LeBron in that let's create the best starting five that we can and we'll worry about the rest later. Uh, A team in L.A. did that last year. One was successful and the other one wasn't. So is that something that you'll be able to do in Milwaukee? I don't know. But it is a lot of depth that you lost due to this trip. No question about it. Um, oh, by the way, the other player that got traded to the Thunder for um, 
for Dennis Schroeder, I said a first-round pick, was also Danny Green. And I guarantee you Danny Green will be on his way somewhere else for probably yet another first-round pick, maybe in 2032, because that's the way Sam Presti works. Okay, so we're at the bottom of the hour, 530. Uh, I'm going to go off uh, off camera for one second because I really actually need to take a drink, and uh, I'll be right back. So uh, Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on blo- – on, what are we on? We're on StreamYard. I'm going to keep doing this, and I'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. And we're back. Wasn't that easy? So we have a, an NBA draft tomorrow. And truth be told, it's the hardest thing to predict. Not only are the, are the drafts hard to predict in general, but they're almost impossible to predict when you haven't seen these guys play in 30 months, 30 months, 13 months. Some of them since last year. Some of them, if, if they're one-and-done players, they may not have even played last year. Jameis Winston played. Jameis Wiseman. Wow, James Wiseman. Eventually I'll get this guy's name. James Wiseman played six games last year. Some of these guys were injured. Some of them were overseas. Some, I mean, R.J. Hampton and LaMelo Ball both played in Australia last year. So NBA scouts, other than those games, haven't seen them in almost two years. So you think it's difficult an NBA draft? I do. I mean – Year after year, we try. Year after year, we fail. Year after year, we're not very good. But we keep trying, right? Because you got to keep trying. So here is the Sean Palmer NBA draft preview. I don't have video for you. I'm not one of those guys on ESPN that's going to that's gonna write up some clips. And if you want to get on the air, come on. You got the link? Bring it on. I'm happy to have you on. But we're going to roll down my list, and we're going to see how we do. And at the end of the day, I'm hoping I get 50% right. There are The way that this game is played is that there are 30 picks. Three of them are being made by Boston. The uh, the 14th pick, 26th pick, and the 30th pick are all being made by Boston this year. So I know my buddy Mark Rubin is very much interested in my picks and where they come down, especially as it relates to Boston. So we're going to go through these. And if you want to ask a question, please do so in the chat. But other than that, we're going to, we're just going to roll, and we'll see where we come up. So with the first pick, in the first of all, I don't think you're going to see a lot of trading in this year's draft. I know we say that every year, but I really don't. I don't think you're going to see guys – that teams have fallen in love with because they just haven't had enough exposure to them. So meanwhile, you may have the top three and the top three are, you may have guys, somebody may fall in love with James Wiseman. James Wiseman is a seven foot one center out of Memphis. And somebody very well may fall in love with him, but he's too far up. You're not going to be able to make a trade with Golden State unless you're giving them a top player. And I don't mean a top player in the draft. I'm not talking about throwing this to next year. The thing about 
the, the Warriors. The Warriors have a $17 million exemption. Now, what does that mean? That means that they can fit somebody into their cap system that is no more than $17 million. They can attach that with a first-round pick or a second-round pick. Or they can't just trade the exemption. But what they could do is trade a second-round pick. Let's say they trade the second pick of the draft, James if Watson is available, which to me he will be. Let's say they want to trade Jim the second round pick and they want to get a guy. Let's, let's hypothesize here. So $17 million players around the league. So let's, let's say they want a Marcus Smart from Boston. He makes about 16 million. So they would trade the second round pick for Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart would go into the lineup or into the trade exemption for the Golden State Warriors. And then Wiseman would go to the Celtics. And that would work under salary cap restrictions. Except for the fact that, understand, because the Warriors are in a cap situation, in a tax situation, that $14 million cap number for Marcus Smart, the team is basically going to be paying at least one and a half to two times that salary in taxes. So that $14 million automatically becomes a $25 million hit. So is Marcus Smart worth $14 million? Yeah, he probably is in today's market. Is he worth $25 million? Mark, even you know that's not the case. So in order for Golden State, it's to be $7 million in that first year. So is he worth $18 million to Golden State to make the trade and to have to deal with three years of a $16 million cap hit? Probably not. So of all the players that are worth that type of money, there aren't many in the NBA in general. And those that are, they're not tradable. They're good contracts. Remember, 17 and below, not anything above that. The other thing about these exemptions is you can't add to them. You can't acquire, you can't use it and acquire somebody. You have to acquire somebody to fit in, like a puzzle piece. You can't add to that. You can't make the puzzle piece bigger by trading somebody out. Because once you trade somebody out, if you're over the cap, it doesn't add. So it's $17 million. So we'll go through the first maybe 10 players, 10 10 teams in this draft because you know Golden State probably, if they're going to trade out, it's going to be those players. There are now only three teams in the NBA that have cap for $20 million players because the Suns are out because they acquired Chris Paul. Those three teams are the New York Knicks, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Detroit Pistons. That's it. Those are the only three teams that have cap room. So, and maybe Toronto if they don't sign Fred Van Fleet. But that means they have to make that decision today, which they're not going to do. So if you're an NBA general manager and you want to make a trade, and a big trade, and you don't want to take back any money, 
You're dealing with those three teams. If you have an albatross contract and you want to get rid of it, you're dealing with those three teams. So for those fans that are listening to this broadcast and want a Gordon Hayward trade, want a Brad, Bradley Beal wouldn't be traded, a John Wall trade, I'm trying to think of bad contracts, a, a Blake Griffin trade, an Andre Drummond trade. Uh, let's even go further. Let's go to uh, Ben Simmons trade. Utah, no. New Orleans, no. They all have good contracts. Yeah, that would be it. You're a Marcus Saul trade. You're looking at those four teams, unless you want to take back bad contracts. So, with that in mind, let's go through this. So, with the first pick in the NBA draft, in the 2020 NBA draft, Minnesota has looked around and looked around and looked around again. This is not the draft you want to be number one. This reminds me of the Mario Ben, uh, the Anthony Bennett draft, where I walked into a restaurant. And somebody told me that Anthony Bennett was picked number one. Like, hmm? Huh? Hey, Bennett, the guy at UNLV was picked number one by Cleveland? There's no way that happened. But he was. Because it was the default pick. There is no... There's no superstar here. So who's going number one? You you want to say LaMelo Ball, right? Everybody wants to say LaMelo Ball. Everybody wants to say he's got the highest ceiling. He's got the low he, – he's also got the lowest floor. But he's the only one with superstar written all over. Yeah, I don't see it. I, and I don't see Minnesota seeing it either. The thing about LaMelo Ball is if you put LaMelo Ball and D'Angelo Russell together, that is just awful. <laughs> I have no other way of saying it. That's just awful. Two guys that want the ball all the time. Two guys that want to hold the ball all the time. And two guys that can't defend the ball at all. Then you have Carl Anthony Towns, who's behind him, who's not a great defensive player either. That doesn't work. The defense, it, it will remind me of UNLV. Uh, sorry, Loyola Marymount. Up and down and up and down. and They may score 140, but they're going to give up 180. It's not going to work. So I have them taking Anthony Edwards, who's been the, the, the number one on top of my board the entire year. Now, that's not to say that Anthony Edwards is going to be a great player. I don't think he will. I think Anthony Edwards is going to be kind of a – uh, if I had to make a comparison to Anthony Edwards, who would I make a comparison? Let's see. I'm trying to think. I want to put him as a comparison, sort of like Joe Smith, in the fact that he'll be good. He'll be okay. Remember, Joe Smith was the number one player in the draft, number one pick in the draft. He's going to be a little bit better. And he's also shooting on a power forward. So let's say Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's a great player. He has nights, right? He's a, but he's short. Anthony Edwards, he's a shooting guard out of Georgia, a little wiry. Um, I think, I don't think he'll be as good as Donovan Mitchell, but it will get some scoring. No question. It'll get some scoring, 
The question is whether Edwards can play some defense. Okay, so this whole draft hinges on number two. Does James Wiseman go to Golden State, or can they trade this pick? And who are they trading the pick to? And who are they getting that does it for them, that allows them to do that? And if you're Golden State, what would you want? You want a guy that is able to – you have Stephen Curry. You have Clay Thompson. You have Draymond Green. You really just – you need another big guy, don't you? I mean, Weston is young. He is ridiculously young. He's 7'1", he's 230. All he knows big time to get down to Achua. But I think they keep the pick. Because I don't think there's a trade out there for the pick. Maybe they trade it after the draft. Maybe they trade it a month down the road. But I don't see it happening in, on draft night. James, as I said before, I don't think you see many trades on draft night. So I think James Wiseman goes number two to Golden State. Now, Charlotte is a team that would love to get up to number two and get James Wiseman because they have a massive hole in the middle of their of their defense, a massive hole in the middle of their offense, and more importantly, they don't have a stud. But they don't have players to go do that, and they're not, in my opinion, going to take first-round picks and shove them to go State. And I don't think Golden State wants that. I think they'd rather take Wiseman than take anything else. So much to the dismay of Mr. Mark Rubin, Charlotte, and I know you've been waiting for this, with the number three pick in the draft, takes Onyeka Okonwandu, the power forward center out of USC, to be the defensive stalwart in the middle of that zone or defense or whatever you may be, but he's your guy. So, so far, LaMelo Ball has fallen from one, where a lot of people thought he'd be, to two, where Golden State would have picked him, but I, I don't see it, to three, where Charlotte says, no, 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 we got Devontae Graham, he's running the show, he's making very little, and he's not a big distraction. And here we are with Chicago. Chicago needs an identity. And Chicago drafted Kobe White last year. They have Zach Levine. They have Louis Marketing. They have Wendell Carter. They don't have an identity. This is where the drop falls. And LaMelo Ball winds up in Chicago, at least for me, with the four pick in the draft. And this should be an interesting saga. LaMelo Ball is a talented guy. He can, he can make the plays with both hands. He drives to the basket very easily. He can do it. His jump shot's a little suspect, and we'll see if that can improve. But overall, he's a good player. He's a good high school player. He may have been a good college player. He's 6'6", 180. Now, remember, I said Anthony Edwards was 6'5", 225. 180? Dudes, I weigh 169. 180 is 11 pounds heavier than me and almost a foot tall. Just think about that. Okay, Cleveland looks out their rear window. 
and they see a guy that's a hometown favorite, straight out of Dayton. They need a power forward like a hole in the head because they have Kevin Love. By the way, Kevin Love is not available to Golden State for that second pick. They don't want him. And he doesn't fit into the exemption, so they'd have to trade a lot more. Well, Kevin Love makes almost $30 million. But Cleveland would like some scoring. And Obi Toppin out of Dayton is that scoring. So maybe they they play Toppin with Andre Drummond. Maybe they play him with Kevin Love. Uh, Love plays a little uh, center. Look, Love's the best passer of a big man I've seen since Bill Walton. So maybe he plays a little center. Maybe they look to trade Love again. But $30 million is a lot of money. But again, look, we uh, – we we saw a trade for Kevin. We saw a trade for Chris Paul <laughs> just to, just in the last couple of days. We've seen a trade for Drew Holiday in the last couple of days. We've seen a trade for Dennis Schroeder in the last couple of days. If you can see a tra- trade for those guys and Russell Westbrook and 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 uh, James Harden on the horizon, you can trade anybody in the NBA. So maybe Kevin Love's on his way out. Okay, so Atlanta. What does Atlanta need? Oh, let's give Atlanta another guy, right? Let's give Atlanta another small forward to do this because, oh, yeah, they need another small forward. Again, they need another small forward like a hole in the head. So I'm not giving them a small forward. I'm giving them a point guard. And you're going to say, wait a second, Trey Young. Trey Young's 6'1". How can we give – how does that work? Well, Trey Trey Young is 6'1". And – Tyrese Halberton is 6'5". And Trey Young is more of a shooting guard or an Allen Iverson type player. And Halberton is more of a Eric Snow type player. I have Halberton going to Atlanta with the sixth pick in the, with the sixth pick in the draft. And now we come to Detroit. And we're still worried about Detroit. Well, I'm a Knicks fan, right? And the Knicks pick eight. So where is this going? So that I Detroit is looking for the same type of player. They're looking for a shooting guard, small forward, small forward, power forward. They're looking for a swing guy. So for them, I'm going Patrick Williams out of Florida State. He's been rising up the boards, a uh, small forward, power forward type guy. They have Tony Snell, their shooting guard and outside shooter, which leaves the Knicks to get another wing. Because, of course, it does. Now, they do have the ability to get a point guard. Kira Lewis is there, uh, the point guard out of Alabama. But I don't see them going for that. I see them going for – they got R.J. Barrett at the small forward position. They really could use another shooting guard, another wing guy. And I have them picking Isaac Okuru out of Auburn, 6'6", 215. So he, he goes to the Knicks. Six is Howden from Atlanta. Four Atlanta. Seven is Patrick Williams to Detroit. Eight is Okoro to the Knicks. And now we're up to nine and nine with Washington. So Washington, what does Washington do? Washington has Washington has John Wall. They have Davis Bertrand. They have Bradley Beal, and they have uh, Thomas Bryant in the middle. They can use a small forward. 
And lucky for them, there's a small forward looking right at you. And that's Deny Evdija. And he's been talked about a lot given the success of Luka Donich and how good this guy could be. Especially 6'9". I mean, but he's 6'9 and 210. So, again, these guys, these kids, and I call them kids, are all real lanky. Uh, the NBA comparison is Hedu Turkoglu, if you remember. And Turkoglu was a great um, ball handler. And I can definitely see that happening. I can definitely see a guy like that fitting in pretty well with that team, swinging the ball around. So I'm going to put it And now we come up to Phoenix. And Phoenix, if you had asked me yesterday, if you had asked me prior to the Chris Paul deal, I would have had them take a point guard. And they didn't trade the number 10 pick in the draft, so they still have that. And I would have had them taking a point guard. Do I still have them taking a point guard? Remember, they traded Ty Jerome last year. Chris Paul is not the bastion of health. They traded Ricky Rubio, so they traded their starting and their backup point guard from last year. And I'm still going to give them a point guard. So I have them taking Kira Lewis, 6'3", 170, sophomore out of Alabama. And Kira Lewis is a fast guy. This guy plays with speed. And I think he will do very well under this team, uh, under Chris Paul. He'll learn a lot. He's a younger guy. He's 19 and a half years old. Yeah, 19 and a half. And he plays a lot like Darren Collison or Dennis Schroeder. He's got to improve that. He's got to improve that jump shot. But overall, he's the perfect guy to complement um, both Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And now we get to the 11 pick. And I love the 11 pick. He's the 11 pick of San Antonio, who missed the playoffs this year for the first time in forever, almost a quarter of a century. And they need athletes, right? They have Lonnie Walker. They have Derek White. They have uh, Duante Murray. They love athletes. So I have them taking one of the most athletic wings in basketball, at least in college basketball, and that's Devin Vassell. Uh, the shooting guard out of Florida State. Now, White, Derek White just signed a new contract. Duante Murray's under a good contract. This is a perfect three-guard system. Sacramento, I never know what Sacramento's going to do. Sacramento's always been a crapshoot. Marvin, uh, sorry, Marvin Bagley. I almost said Marvin Barnes. Marvin Bagley instead of Luka Doncic. People are, like, still going, yeah, how you mess that up? But they did, and here we are again, Sacramento with the 12th pick, and they always seem to be around 9 to 12, Willie Cauley-Stein, those guys. And they messed up the only time they had in the top three. So I have them taking Sadiq Bey, a 3 and D guy out of Nova, um, a real real. And when you got guys um, that – the point guard? I Sacramento's point guard. Really, really fast out of Kentucky. Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, they move, right? You have Bagley in the middle. You have this uh, Fox. DeAndre Fox bringing up the ball. This is a good pick for them. New Orleans. Now, New Orleans can pick anyone, right? They could. They have a point guard. Now, they just made that tr- – they just um, – 
Excuse me. Woo! I, sometimes when you talk a little too much, you go a little too fast, you don't get what you're trying to get at. And that's been uh, an issue for me for a couple of years now. And I always confuse New Orleans with Oklahoma City. So New Orleans just traded Drew Holiday, right? And they just got back Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. So do they need a point guard? No. Do they need a guard? Not really. But do they they wing? Are they going for young players? What are they doing? In New Orleans, they are just accumulating assets. So who's the best player on the board right now? If you want a point guard, it's Killian Hayes. If you want a big guy, it's Jalen Smith. And if you want a shooting guard, it's R.J. Hampton. Those are the three guys. They're all going in some form of an order in the next three picks. So I'm going to put Killian Hayes up here with New Orleans because I think Bledsoe and Hill, Hill, Hill is a good combo guard. We all know that Eric Bledsoe is a point guard, but Eric Bledsoe gets hurt. So I'm going to give them Killian Hayes with the 13th pick. And now I know Mark Rubin is looking for the 14th selection. Who do I have? with the 14th selection of the NBA drafts. And it's unfortunate here because Seth Kamens is not here, but I do have from the University of Maryland, standing 6'10 and 220, Jalen Smith. And I know Mark is saying, Jalen Smith's a big guy, but can you tell me a little bit more about him? Well, Mark, I'd be happy to tell you a little bit more about him. So Jalen Smith's a really thin guy. He's undeveloped at this point. Uh, last year, he averaged 15 points a game. He averaged 11 points a freshman. The, the comparison for Jalen Smith is kind of a Taj Gibson type guy. So he's a, a versatile power forward with an all-around uh, skill set. He's, he's improved as a free-throw shooter, which I know you guys in Boston really like. Huge wingspan, can rebound like crazy. Not really a guy that's going to step out and shoot maybe around the elbow to most. And I wish Seth was here and give me a little bit more. Maybe next week we'll get that if he does go to Boston. But I have Jalen Smith. And then Orlando steps up and takes um, R.J. Hampton to go with Markel Fultz. So that's where you are. So now Portland's on the clock, right? Portland picking 16. Nope, Portland traded that pick. This is Houston picking 16, excuse me. After getting after trading Robert Covington, who is who we talked earlier for this 16th pick, Portland takes Precious Achua, who is a banger. I mean, he is an absolute banger out of Memphis. Freshman, young kid, really young. I think he's 18 and a half. I'm going to check on his age on the internet while I'm talking. Right? Doesn't this help? And it's really hard talking by yourself for an hour. Uh, so far, I'm at 55 minutes, so I'm doing pretty. We're happy. So he—he's actually. I'm sorry, he was a freshman, but an old freshman. He's one and a half. Uh, the comparison is Gerald Wallace or Mo Harkless. Those two are not comparisons to me. He averaged 10 and a half rebounds a game at Memphis last year with 16 points. I have him going to Houston, in which they are going to not be that three-point fest anymore. It's just not going to happen. They're changing their strategy. They're going to have to. 
because it's just not going to work. You can't play small ball all the time. Daryl Morey is left. Mike, Mike D'Antonio is left. It's just not going to work. And I think they proved that last year. So now they're going to go back to a normal Minnesota with the second, with their second, uh, with their second pick, their second first round pick. Now they have a lot of people on that team, and you can make the case. Remember, I have them picking first, Josh uh, Anthony Edwards, almost a Josh Edwards, Anthony Edwards, and I said before that they wouldn't pick LaMelo Ball because he wouldn't work well with D'Angelo Russell. LaMelo's a big guy, right? Um, And so if you're going to put a guard next to him, you're going to have to put another – if you're going to put a guard next to D'Angelo Russell, who's 6'3", at the guard. And that's why I'm picking Josh Green. So Josh Green, out of Arizona, is an elite defender. He's 6'6". Put him at the shooting guard. Let D'Angelo Russell work with him. And I think that works. So I'm picking him at 17. Now, 18, Dallas. Dallas loves going overseas. And I'm going to pick them overseas again. Alexei, I, I, I can't pronounce this name. I'm going to try. But I'm going to butcher it. So sorry, guys. And I'm sorry to Alexei, too. Alexei. Pokusevsky. So I will tell you flat out, I've never seen this guy play. He's from Serbia. He's 18 and a half years old. He's, according to Draftniks, he is a versatile forward with a guard skill set. Too familiar. I mean, that's Christian Porzingis, right? So why not another seven footer? Now he's seven foot and 190 pounds. Let's remember back. I'm 169 to 171 pounds. This guy's 190 pounds. I'm five foot eight. He's seven foot. Now I do have height envy. I always have, but not that not that much. So I got him going uh, 18 to Dallas. 19. We're up to the Brooklyn Nets, and what do the Brooklyn Nets need? Well, James Harden. I think that would be absolutely awful. I think that wouldn't work at all. I think they're fine the way that they are. Uh, I think they'll do wonders with what they have. And I think Harris LeVert is a guy that they want to keep. But James Harden only wants to go one place, and that's New Jersey or Brooklyn. It's, it's, it's a bad mix. It's a bad idea. Media, bad idea. I, I wish Seth was on the call. I wish I could find out his input on this. But I have them taking the backup point guard, Cole Anthony, to back up Kyrie Irving because Kyrie is not the bastion of health. And my new favorite word of the day is bastion. So moving on to Miami, Miami likes guys that can shoot, right? We've all established Tyler Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and soon they're going to have to pay those guys. So they're looking for another guy that can do that. And that guy for me is Aaron Nesmith, who the Vanderbilt Sauer. Uh, the NBA is Robert Covington or Cameron Johnson, who was picked 11th at UNC just two years Moving forward, and I'm telling you, 21 through 30, if you thought the crapshoot was 1 through 20, 21 through 30, I'm just going like this. Like, I'll just throw up the balls and hope that they come down. 
don't know, but I'll, I'll, but I'll go through them. All right, I got Ty, Tyrese Maxey, the shooting guard out of Kentucky, because, of course, Philadelphia needs another shooting guard, right? Uh, so, of course, they need another guard. But the thing is about another guard is that if you're going to play, if they've decided that Ben Simmons is going to play in the dunker spot and he's not going to play in the point guard spot, then they do need another guard. And Tyrese Maxey is a fast guy. Everybody coming out of Kentucky is fast. So 6'3", 200 shooting guard. Denver, who needs absolutely nothing, is going to go overseas and take Theo, Theo Maladon. I'm trying to get some more information on Theo. Um, he's from France. Uh, he's a point guard and a long type guy. And why not have another point guard? Uh, Utah. I love Utah. I love seeing how Utah is going to work. And they really missed Derek Favors last year. And I think they go and get a guy that's just like Derek Favors and a guy that I actually saw play last year, and that's Vernon Carey. And this is a guy that I think Boston wants at 26. I think they really want a guy just a block. I mean, we talked about this earlier that the guy out of Serbia is 7 feet and 190. Well, Vernon Carey is 6'10 at 270. 80 pounds heavier. He's just a block. He's a, a block from Duke. And I think he does very well in Utah. Moving on to New Orleans, who have their second pick in the first round. Desmond Bain goes to New Orleans, the shooting guard out of TCU. And again, this is all about just accumulating assets for New Orleans and Oklahoma City. And strangely enough, we come up with Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City, who just traded for two point guards, right? They just traded uh, – they traded for Ricky Rubio and Ty Jerome. I re- originally had them taking Tyrell Terry here, but now I'm switching gears and having them swap from Boston, who I know wants a guy like this. I have them taking Jaden McDaniels, the power forward out of Washington. Uh, 6'10", 200 from Washington. Don't worry. Don't worry, Mark. I got a guy for you at 26 that fits your bill. And now we're at 26. And instead of taking Jaden McDaniels, I have been taking Isaiah Stewart, who is the power forward center out of Washington. So Vernon Carey and Isaiah Stewart are very similar players. Stewart is just a block. He almost came to Syracuse, would have loved him to be there. He will be able to play the middle. The problem is he's a little shorter than you want. He's six and eight, six, nine, rather than, but he's a lot bigger than Daniel uh, Thesis. So I think you're you'll be okay. Uh, the Knicks pick seven twenty-seven. The Knicks have picked, in my opinion, already their shooting guard, uh, shooting guard small forward and Isaac Isaac Okoru, and now they're looking at a point guard and a guy whose ta- whose stock has dropped a great deal. Uh, Nico Mannion, uh, the point guard out of Arizona, who was a top ten talent. And just has fallen throughout the year. So I think they take a shot. They're at, they're at 27, and they need that. 28, the Lakers. What do the Lakers need? The Lakers need shooting. Right? I mean, they just trade. They need shooting, and they need a point guard. So do they take Tyrell Taylor, Tyrell Terry, or do they take Isaiah Joe? 
So I have them taking Isaiah Joe, the shooting guard out of Arkansas. And then with the next pick, Toronto will take Tyrell Terry to back up Kyle Lowry and what might be Kyle Lowry's last year in Toronto. And then we finally, we finally stop with Boston with the 30th pick in the draft. The thing about Boston with the 30th pick in the draft is that they don't have room on their team for, for other picks. And they need to put that pick somewhere else, right? So they need to trade the pick or they need to push the pick. And by push the pick, I mean push the pick somewhere else. And that means overseas. So I have them taking Leandro Balmaro, a point guard shooting guard out of Argentina, and hoping that he stays overseas. So that was actually the quickest of the NBA drafts because I was just by myself. And we finished in 64 minutes. So hopefully next week we'll go through this. We may post our picks online so Seth can get his in. And for Seth Kamens, this is Sean Palmer. Seth's not, not here. But Sean Palmer for StreamYard.com, back sports page. We're still on back sports page. And next week we'll talk about the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, the ballot came out today. We'll go through some of these picks that we went through. And uh, – Yeah, and there's a lot more to talk about, but we'll get through that. Um, So we'll talk to you next week. And most importantly, everybody, please stay safe. See you.